0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep, I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time. Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go online. i don't like to talk about fear the fears is usually something that makes your worries real you are listening to the coaching ignited show where we bring you stories and insights from coaches fitness professionals and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Spotify and iTunes. The Coaching Ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential. If you wanted to find out more, please head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted to connect with us on social media, all the details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. So on today's episode of the podcast we have got Phoebe Morocek and I hope I said that correctly but this was a really really in-depth and interesting conversation that we had around life, around business, around sales and coaching and travel and adventure and loads of really fun topics and Phoebe is a super interesting person i'm sure you're really going to enjoy this episode and really find out what phoebe thinks makes a great coach and how to really get great results in your coaching business so an all round amazing episode if you enjoy it feel free to share it on your instagram stories and tag us both in and that'll really just help us spread the message and get more reach and create more value for you guys so as always sit back relax enjoy the show and i'll see you on the other side all right, so we're live, Phoebe. We're here again recording the second run of this. So Thank you so much for coming back and uh, having another chat with us. So why don't we just start and go back to um, kind of talking about your journey, where you began in um, in the industry that you're in now, and, and that sort of progressional journey that we went through last time. That would be awesome to hear.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. I was thinking this morning, what I just want to make sure that I am saying... I was like, I hope I remember what I said. And then I just thought, well, it's my story. So I can remember that pretty easily. Uh, So my journey starts, I would say, um, in a set of seasons. If I look at my life as a set of seasons, the first season was a soccer season. That was like my whole childhood. My dream was to play um, college soccer, division one college soccer. And so my life was devoted to that. And that comes with a lot of lessons, a lot of really fun things, a lot of stressful things um, as far as discipline and working out all the time and, you know, cultivating that sense of community, even though it didn't feel like that at the time. Um, And then once I got there, I was, so I went to, I ended up playing soccer in college and achieving this goal that I had really set out for my whole life to achieve. And I got there and I thought, oh my gosh, this is not not even, not just what I expected, but I just was hoping it was going to be more fulfilling. And so there was this moment where right in my freshman year, so my first year of, I'll say uni for you, but, um, I was there and my, I just like, wasn't feeling fulfilled in soccer. And then my dad passed away pretty suddenly. So there was this like, just rocked my world situation where everything that I knew to be true was not true anymore. And I, you know i don't i don't think we ever plan for catastrophe but in those moments when i i'm sitting there thinking okay so i've worked my whole life for this but now somebody that i thought was going to be around forever is not around what which way is up and i really struggled in that moment to figure out who am I? I don't want to be known at, you know, I don't want people to pity me. I don't want to be known as the person with the, you know, with just one parent. And so what did that mean for me? And I wasn't just a soccer player. So I really went on this adventure to figure out who I, who I was, who I am and unraveling so many pieces. So from that came, I stepped out of soccer and into um, a Mary Kay business, which is cosmetics. And I just, I went to this lady's house and she had this amazing house and lifestyle and husband and kids. And I, I was like, you did all of this just by selling makeup. And She's like, yeah. So I said, I think I can do that. So I immediately switched my major in college from education to business. And I got really serious about, I think I can do this. I think I'm quite good at sales. If I believe in what I'm selling, I know I can do it. And so that was me for the next couple of years. But in that time, I have always been a traveler. I've always been almost an explorer, and adventurer. And so I set out, I studied abroad three times in, um, in university. And that opened my eyes to a life outside of the U S outside. I had been overseas a couple of times before that, but it just, it was a different situation being on your own, being an adult, being able to make decisions and drink wine at two o'clock in the afternoon. If that's what you want to do, that is okay with me. And so I just realized that I do best when I don't know the rules of the game. And when I'm by myself in a, in a country that doesn't speak my language, I can really, I I come alive. I figure things out. And so that adventurer in me ended up buying a one-way ticket to Taiwan and living there for a year and then China for three years. I was working in corporate, but on the side, I was building what I called Phoebe events. So I was doing wine tastings, pub crawls, and singles events. And I chose those three because those are things that I'm interested in. And I knew that the foreigners in Beijing that's what they wanted to. So, I was appealing to my audience and playing to my strengths. So, that business started to grow and it ended up in the last month it overtook my salary from corporate and I just thought, I am onto something. I love events, I love bringing people together, but it's also time to leave China. Um so, I went from from China, moved to London for a couple months to prepare for this what what we thought was going to be a round-the-world motorcycle trip. And in that time, started a travel blog. And that's really what propelled me into the world of online business, onla- just these online communities that I had never been exposed to. And I got there and just thought, wow, this is really fun. I get to interact with all these people. But I also thought, I'm going to just start write. I love to write. So I thought, I'll just start writing these blogs and putting things on this app called Instagram and all the you know build it, and they will come Well, they did not come, and so I had to I basically was looking up how to make a video and and found somebody who could help me with that, so kind of apprenticed under him a little bit for a couple of years as I was building a um, online marketing business, helping people that were like me that had great ideas that were doing really exciting, interesting things. How do you get your message out to more people, so I was doing Facebook ads and funnels and um paid launch strategies and from there kind of propelled into coaching, which is where I am today, so it's a very long-winded answer. but that's pretty much my life and business in a nutshell.
0: I think that was more in depth than the first time, so I picked up or <laughs> well, I picked up new things that time that I didn't pick up the first time, um, which was great and I love the whole journey. And I want to kind of go back um, to the Mary Kay days Mm -hmm. and talk about that because we talked about this last time and you had an interesting approach to the sales right and the the way of looking at things to make it easier and I think that'll be great for for these listeners because it's very sales loaded in terms of what I teach but in terms of the sales approaches that you're using back in those days can we talk about some of those
1: absolutely so there was no there was sort of an online presence there but That wasn't something that we were pursuing or that was shared with me so much. So it was very localized to where I was in North Carolina. And so, what I would do is first, I just started off just me selling, getting into places. And so, what I did was I just thought, where can I, how can I put myself in the way, right? Where are people already going to get the types of things that I'm selling, like makeup? So I was going to salons and I was quite a bold 19 year old, which is (laughs) now I look back and I'm like, oh my, I can't believe I did that. But I would go to these salons and just tell them I would love to offer people. And this was nothing new. Mary Kay people taught us how to do this. I was just going to different places. So putting a fishbowl in there and entering, you know, enter, write your name in to enter to win a free facial, but everybody else kind of wins something. And so for me that it worked really well, but it was also getting into the right places and developing the relationships. So that was a a pretty good angle. The other thing is I would go to Walmart and spark up conversations with people and I wouldn't let myself leave. I would go on a Saturday at like prime shopping time, push a little, push my cart around and (laughs) and speak to 30 people, get their names and numbers. And I wouldn't leave until I got that. And when I start, as I started to build my team out, I remember approaching these people, and I had a, a team from anywhere from tw- twenty years old to like sixty five. So I had a, a wide range of women on my team, and they would ask me, "How do you approach? Like, what do you say?" And I'm like, "I don't actually know. I kind of black out a little bit, and something happens. They hand me their name and number, and and it's magic, and there's a relationship developed there. So what I would have them do is stand behind me, and one of the ladies was like, "Can I?" Can I just record you speaking? I was like, yeah, sure. So pretend like you're buying something. (laughs) Be kind of creepy. Stand behind me and then just record. And then we started to develop develop, or we started to pull out the commonalities and in what I was saying and how I was saying it. And it wasn't anything that I was doing that was really magical. It was just, you know, giving a genuine compliment, but starting a very, very, authentic conversation. And women love that. And they want to be acknowledged. And I mean, men too, but in this instance, it was women. And so, you know, I wouldn't just say, hey, I have this lipstick sample. I would actually approach them being like, you have the exact complexion that I'm looking for. And, when, and it makes them feel really honored and really special. So there was that. And then the other one that I did for my team was instead of doing, you know, we're always looking for yes. Right. So that's always The driving force behind everything that we're doing. And there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on that. And then you get a no and you feel really defeated. So what I did was I kind of flipped it on its head and I said, now we're actually going to go out and we're going to hunt for no's. So there were monthly challenges that I would do and I would give them these little sheets that I would make up because, you know, we use printouts and all that nonsense that we don't use now. But <laughs> we would use um, this printout that I gave them and it would say, get to 100 no's. And so it was almost like a race to 100. And that just flipped the script for everybody because now, as opposed to worrying about getting a no, it was like exciting. And you'd be like, yes, I got another no. This is exciting. And it made no's not so scary. So it took the sting out of the no. And we know we if you know we know as salespeople as professionals the more nos we get, the more yeses we get, and so as opposed to vice versa it's hard to say yep the more the more yeses we get, the more nos we get you know it's just it doesn't ring as true, and so if you search for the no, you'll get the yeses along the way
0: now, I love that I think in sales perspective is so important, and to look at things from the right angle, otherwise it kind of puts you off altogether. A lot of people are paralyzed when it comes to sales because they're focusing on the downside versus the upside. But what you've done is just turned the downside into a fun side, right? Completely flipped it on its head. So in terms of like your drivers then to do that, you're talking about going in and speaking to at least 30 people. Why? Why did you have that drive to do that?
1: So it wasn't even 30 people. It was 30 names. So that could be 60 people, you know, I knew by the end, I kind of knew my conversion rates were going to be pretty decent. And depending on the day and Walmart was the, were those my audience, whatever, but I just kind of reverse engineered. How did I need to get to the next step? How many people did I need to bring onto my team? And so as far as goals, I was really clear on what my goals were in terms of how many people do I need to talk to, which then what is my conversion rate? Okay. And then, all the while considering that these are people and not just numbers but it was for me at the time a real numbers game and i just said i know that if i speak to 100 100 people let's say and then 50 of them will actually call me back you know or they'll give me their numbers we'll say that and then 50% of those maybe will actually call me back and then of those maybe 10% Will, and I'm just making up these numbers randomly, but maybe 10% will actually come to my home and participate. And I know that when I get in front of people and I, am, I have a great product, I'm marketing this really well in terms of I don't actually have to do anything. I can let the product sell itself, but I've just got to get in front of those people. So I was really clear on my goals, what I needed, how many people I needed to be talking to. And from there, I just wanted as many people in front of me when I felt like I was in my zone.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love your approach to breaking it down, turning it into numbers, not people. Cause then it just simplifies mm-hmm. the process. It makes it much more calculated and clinical. And it takes out the emotional side of things. It's just literally just stats that you're working towards. Um, but let's go a little bit deeper because all these stats and breakdowns are great, but Why? why did you want to speak to that many people? What was driving you? What were you trying to achieve? It wasn't just the numbers. It wasn't just the contacts. It wasn't just the sales. Were you trying to prove something? Were you trying to, I don't know, where were you trying to go with this and what was really driving you? What was that underlying thing that was always constant?
1: Totally. So as a, I grew up in a family of six kids, it was really, really tough to stand out as anything. And I, I kind of slotted myself into the athletic role because that one wasn't taken, but the, the smart one was taken. The pretty one was taken. The ambitious one was taken the travel, you know, and then the boy was taken. <laughs> so there were all these roles that were already occupied. And so I identified the athletic one. And again, this wasn't a conscious choice, I don't think, but it was in my head. And so as I transitioned out of the athletic role, I was floundering and I didn't really know who I, you know, didn't know who I was, didn't know what I could do, what I was capable of. But I never thought that I was smart. And so in this role, when it came to Mary Kay, my family, I'm from a long line of entrepreneur or well, actually a short line, but a successful line of entrepreneurs that had achieved a lot. And so I had something to prove. And if I was going to go as far as changing my major completely around doing a full 180 from education where I thought I was going to be teaching kids and high school kids to business, I've got to make this work. The other thing is my granddad, I asked him. So I started off with an inventory of... I wanted It was $3,400. So a huge investment. And he was so smart. And he said to me, he's like, I'm actually not going to just write you a check. There's no way. And he goes, but I will co-sign a loan with you. So I had to pay back the $3,400. I had to go to a bank. I had to sit down. I had to have that conversation. And then I had to pay it back over two years. I ended up paying it back in under a year, um, which again, was just a fire under, you know, a fire under me being like, I've got to prove that I'm smart. I've got to prove that I am... I am where I'm supposed to be in terms of business and I'm a woman in business. And so that in my family, there aren't many women, successful women in business. I'll say that. And so I was dead set on that was me. That was the role I was stepping into. So I was extremely passionate <laughs> and very vocal about where I was going with Love that. It. So that was really the underlying factor. And it was a, a lot of fun. But one one last thing I'll say about Mary Kay, not as a plug for them, but just as a... It was the first time I had ever experienced real female camaraderie, which was a totally new game for me. I was so used to competitive, you know, women talking behind each other's back. You're hurting each other physically and emotionally so that you can make the team or so that you can do better than the other woman. And that was the first time that I saw other people cheering each other on. And so there was a a desire to understand that for me and also to be a part of that and how could i create more of that in my life and expose more women to that because i don't think there's enough of that in the world and for me to experience that at 19 i just set that in my head as as a standard and so that's what i create now is a lot of relationships and connections and really helping each other so there was a bit that was a big factor for me hmm. as well
0: it's always interesting to hear people's like true drivers of why they actually do things and why they get up and and go through all these kind of tough events, because sales is not easy, like you're going to get rejected, right? There's some uncomfortable moments. But when you understand your true drivers, and then you kind of uh, lean into those, then it really helps you achieve and do more. And then you talk about how that's kind of led you to recreate that kind of environment, right, for people, and I'm guessing in your coaching business that's the uh, type of feel that you want and that you've carried from that experience. And if that's the case, can we talk about that and and how you do that and what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was, I'll say that was the driver. Also money was the driver. I was making more money than anyone I knew Uh, at the time in college. I was paying my rent by selling makeup, which was very Mm. unusual Uh, at the time. Now I'm sure that's not, I mean, on a college campus, that's still pretty unusual, but I was able to do a lot of that. And so the money was the driver. As I've matured, I like to think things have gotten a bit different. You know, I, I then started, you know, I went overseas and I had to drop my Mary Kay business because I couldn't do both. And so to let that go and everything I had worked towards and, and all the women that were counting on me, I just said, I was like, you guys have to understand where I am and where I am in my life. And it just wasn't, it wasn't a fit anymore. And so I went into the kind of the corporate world and the Phoebe vents and all of that stuff. But I always knew I've been an entrepreneur since I was five, doing stationary stands and scrunchie making businesses and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which just sounds ridiculous. But it was great training and I can see how I was constantly a self-starter and trying to do new things and change things. So as I look to my business now, it's completely different. I'm actually here to create like why I do, I do what I do because I I really believe that we need more connection in our life and I'm trying to bring real honesty and radical acceptance of others and of ourselves and to connect people that have something to say and want to share it with somebody in a really honest and vulnerable way. So that's more I'm way more on the connection side than I am on the money. I just. Again, when I was 19 I didn't understand that money comes through connection and through trusting and through being who you're supposed to be and who you are and unraveling what that means. So in my I am a coach. i also I have group coaching, I have one-on-one coaching, I'm a podcaster and I, all of those things allow me to create or facilitate this amazing connection, this amazing bubble where I feel like people really feel heard and it starts with me, right? Because I finally got to a place where I'm really confident in what I'm saying. I'm confident in the way that I help people build businesses as extensions of themselves. But if we don't know who they are, then no business is going to be successful. So over time, I've just learned that it's actually not about the numbers. It's about how you do what you do and why you do what you do. And more importantly, beyond that is who you are. And once we nail that piece then it's the positioning, it's the branding, it's the strategy, everything else falls in line. But if you don't feel comfortable expressing who you are, or you you aren't up for digging around and finding out what your entire life has been telling you up until this point, what the common themes are, then we're never going to be able to create a successful business that really feels in alignment with who you are. So living into your values, living into life, being fully alive and experiencing all those feelings, which I know has taken me a long time and I'm still learning along the way. I think that's what that's what attracts people, I think, to the platform, the content, the strategies that I'm utilizing, that I'm kind of preaching because it feels something in that feels really real for them. And it resonates really strongly because I'm really clear on who I'm going Mm. after.
0: That's really interesting what you say, because I hear that all the time. And as we get older, it gets more apparent, the authenticity and knowing yourself and being your true self and being comfortable in the fact that in order to attract some people, you're going to repel others. And the more you can attract at a high level, the more you're going to repel at a high level. But that's what you want. You want to be one or the other, right? But that comes from being your true, true self. How do we like see who we really are? What is there a way to really figure it out properly rather than just play it over in our head? Is there a way to map it out, write it down, see it? Um, is there a test you take? How do you figure out who you are and who the real you is behind all the masks that we wear?
1: Yeah, I mean that is like the life the question of life, right? Is who am I? What am I here to do? And that's a question I see all the time, but those big questions are scary and and we don't know because we've never asked ourselves that and a lot of us have never taken the time and space to actually explore that. So in my I don't even know how many hours of solo travel and even when I wasn't solo traveling, those are the questions that are coming up. Those are things that I'm journaling on, but I was never finding anything through books and whatnot. Yeah, you get exercises, but it's not like, oh, this is the one thing that's gonna lead you there. And that was so frustrating that then I would just give up. However, what I've realized is that there isn't one way to do it, right? There are a bunch of different ways. And if anyone tells you this is the one way to do it, they're crazy. But the way that's worked for me is the, the process that I call you know, my unbecoming process. It's how I walk people through figuring out who they are and then how to express that. So the first step for that for me in my process is called the audit, right? And that that whole audit process is a number of different things. It's figuring out, as I said, the patterns in your life that have led you to where you are, what keeps coming up, what keeps arising as you, or as you look back to the seasons of your life. It's also auditing where you are right now in your life, what is going right, what is not going right. And oftentimes the things that are going right are in, will tell you what is not going right. And the things that are not going right will then tell you what your values are. So if we align everything with our values, and I think values is so overused, and I only just in the last year or so have really understood what that means and that your values aren't just the five things that you, you know, honesty and what whatever, vulnerability and all these things that these buzzwords that people are... You know, touting, but I think that they change. So it's the same thing I talk about seasons of life, seasons of business, seasons of purpose. I don't think that there's any one for me. There's not one business that's right for me. There's not one purpose for my entire life. I think that they change and they evolve. And when you can get comfortable with that, then it's just a matter of figuring out what that season is. And it just takes the pressure off saying, oh my God, I've struggled with my purpose my entire life. I, never, I was like, well, I don't know. It could be this or it could be this. And I just was focusing on what my purpose was instead of actually going out and helping people. And so when you get wrapped up in that, I find that it, it's a huge distraction rather than just breaking it in and saying, this is my season right now. What do I value? What's important to me? So for me right now, it's travel and adventure. That's been a very common theme throughout my entire life. Um, connection and learning and Everything that I'm doing right now is in total alignment with those three things because that's what's important to me. And if you can align what your values are to what you're actually doing and the actions you're taking and breaking it down into the habits and not the goals, that's where you actually start to gain that momentum. That's when you start to action the things that are important to you and you get the results that you've wanted. But it comes from this inner trust, this inner knowing, and you don't find that inner knowing and inner trust until you get quiet. And so when you're quiet and you're asking yourself these questions in the audit process, I, I go through a lot of this, which is, you know, okay, let's break it down. Let's make it really, really simple. How do we, how would you audit this season of your life? What was, what went really right? What did not go right? Right. What, how do you remember that? What were the things you were telling yourself? And so in that unraveling, that's where the magic happens. But I really do believe that you have to go back before you can move forward, right? You got to slow down to speed up. And so if you slow down and really understand your past, that then you know what at least your default future looks like, right? If nothing else changes, now I know, okay, if nothing changes for, for me for the next 10 years, I'm still going to be in Austin, Texas. I'm still going to live in this. Okay. My life wouldn't be bad. It actually, I'd be Pretty happy with that. However, here are the slight tweaks that I want to make in that. And knowing my past helps propel me into the future, into a better future, into one that's in more alignment because you can't change the past. You can't change the future. So that is how I tried to figure out, ask myself those tough questions, take the time and space, don't rush the process. And honestly, none of this would have happened if I hadn't signaled for help. And ask somebody else for help because we all try to do it ourselves. And the longer you try to do it yourself, the longer you're going to be stuck in this hamster wheel of who am I? And it's not a fun place to be. It's actually quite frustrating or it has been for me Mm. and a lot of my clients. You mentioned
0: um, travel and adventure, which obviously piqued my ears Mm -hmm. because just before we jumped on this podcast, I was like, I need to um, get away and I'm going to Thailand. And you might be able to like, Observe something here, but I was kind of like recently going through these motions of something's not right, and I feel a little bit kind of uninspired or trapped, or I don't feel like I'm hitting my true potential. There's something that's like missing, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. And I was like, what I've done in the past is maybe I've I've been in a gym, um, and I've been there for three years, and I. I felt the same thing and then I moved to a different gym and then all of a sudden my training just went through the roof again and my passion for training changed again. And I, I fell back in love with training. And then I've, I've noticed the same thing recently with my business. Like the startup phase is gone where it's so exciting everything's new getting all these new clients, training people. Then you kind of get into like the motion. It's just like a constant motion of the same thing. And there's no real big change other than growth, which is growth is quite slow, isn't it? But it's not, they're not like big changes. They're just growing of the same thing. But I was like, something's missing. And that's when I kind of came onto this travel thing because even though I'd lived out in Dubai before, it wasn't really traveling and I didn't really feel super inspired there, but I feel like I needed to change my environment you're a big traveler you travel a lot right and so you already know firsthand what it can do to you and what benefits it can have on your business which is what i'm seeking for i'm not going for a break i'm going to ramp things up and get inspired and do things at another level because i feel like the space will help me do that just like my training my gym did can you talk about your experience of traveling and what it's done for you your life your business and everything else
1: Absolutely. And I, here's my invitation to you as you go to Thailand is just to not put any pressure on. I'm going for labeling it as I'm going for inspiration and that I'm not going to be work. You know, it's this constant thing that people are like, well, I'm still going to be working, but I'm the, and it's like just giving, it's almost not giving yourself permission to just relax for a minute and just breathe and just be present because that i think is going to help you way more than trying to hammer this inspiration peg in being like oh my god i'm not inspired and then you come home frustrated and and you're no further ahead as you were when you left and so that would be my invitation to you and for me travel has been my life i mean my life for the last probably 12 years i've traveled a ton i've been to 64 countries i think it is now and Just been on a lot of adventure, but what travel does for me is it keeps me really present and in the moment. And that is because there's so much change, there's so much to see. And it's very easy for me to get addicted to travel, right? When we were going, doing this round the world trip and we were, you know, traveling to all these different countries and taking all these amazing vacations. It's really easy to just be addicted to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing as opposed to just being present in the moment and sharing in those quiet times and actually reading a book or doing what you want to do rather than ticking the box and getting the t-shirt. And I've been there and I've done that. So I know that that can be fun and exhilarating too. But then I look back at some of those places and I'm like, well, I really wish I had you know, experienced it a little bit differently. It is what it is and I'll go back and it's totally fine. But... In the moments of real growth and transformation for me, I would say the two that stick out in my head were two trips in the last two years. One was in Ireland, one was in Scotland. I did a road trip around both by myself for a month in each place. So two years ago was Scotland, last year was Ireland. And it was, I came home and I just thought, I am so proud of myself. It takes, and this is not to toot my own horn, but in my, that, those are words that would never have come out of my mouth even three years ago. It's really hard for me to say that. And so because I had taken a chance and I thought I'm going to drive on the opposite side of the road, on the opposite side of the car to places I don't know with people I don't know. And I'm by myself, so I don't know what's to come, but I was something was pulling me there. And so I went, and it was the most liberating experience to just be really present in the moment. I'm driving, you know, some of the moments are not always roses and rainbows. It's, I'm, you know, crying in the car as I'm thinking about random things. It's, you know, ugly crying while you're dry. It's just a mess. But in those moments where you're, you know, I just, everything is a metaphor in my life. And so I, that's how I see the world is, oh, how does this relate to my business? Or how does this relate to my relationships? And so the one example is just in Ireland this past year, this past summer, there was a pond or this lake. And it was huge. And this woman told me, uh, this Airbnb I was staying at, she she was like, oh, you have, or just B&B. And she's like, you have to go to this lake. And so I went and I dipped my toe and I was like, oh my God, it is so cold. There's no way. And so I just sat there and I was like, you know, sometimes you just, and I, I flipped it and I said, I'm an adult and I get to make my own decisions. And even though everyone else is going into this water, you know, I'm sure at some point, even though it was just me that day, I don't have to do that. And I know myself and God, isn't it great that I'm an adult and I know myself. And then two minutes later, I was like, no, it's just because I'm scared because it's so cold. And I ended up Oh my god, it was awful. <laughs> I just like waited in the water, right? And so it's it gets up to my ankles, and then my shins, and then my just above my knee, and I'm freezing. But I just thought this is the pain that we continue to put ourselves through in business and in life. We just go so slowly, and we don't dive in fully. So then nobody's around, right? And I'm doing, I'm having this whole conversation in my head, and I ended up jumping in the water, and I was like, I have to get my hair wet because that's the worst. And I like pull, I you know, I jump up, and I am freezing my my whole body's red and i just thought god it's not even that cold <laughs> and i was and that for me was such a great moment and i will remember that forever because i just thought if only i approached my life like this every single day and just got on with it and stopped wait literally waiting or waiting through the water talking about how cold it is and talking, my trying to talk myself out of it and listening to that voice that I'm not good enough. It's too cold that everyone else is doing it, but I can't get there. And then finally you do it and you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. I wonder what other amazing things I could go and do. So it's just this stretch, this constant push and pull that I experience in travel that I don't experience anywhere else. And if anyone's listening that isn't a traveler or can't you know can't do that right now with kids or whatever i just t- i talk a lot about adventure because traveling is an adventure but also when i lived in san francisco i would almost well i would look up different ways to get to the same coffee shop and it was that was my adventure for the day so it's not just these huge excursions it can also be as simple as just challenging yourself to go a different way or try a new restaurant or even go to the same restaurant, but try something new on the menu and consider that an adventure and celebrate I, I yourself. I love the metaphor that,
0: that you used about um, going into the water and wading into the water and how it's kind of like really painful because you're going so, so slow and how you compare that to business. And that's kind of like a journey of someone that's maybe not found a coach yet. They're wading through life. Really, really slowly, like they're going into this water and they're like, oh, this is painful. This is tough. This is hard. When if they just jumped, they'd get all that exhilaration at the end when they've actually done it and achieved it. And I think that's a good parallel there between what we do in terms of coaching people, because everyone's going through this slow wade of trying to figure it out and and take it slow. When actually you can fast track it a lot sooner if you just went for it. Totally.
1: and. The the hard thing is, though, the people who are waiting because it's slow and it's painful and it's cold and it's hard and you don't really know what you're doing and it almost feels like you're fishing in the dark. And the thing is, you have to admit that it's cold and it's hard and you don't know what you're doing. And so for you to step out and say that, that's why anyone who contacts me just in general on social media, uh, through email, I'm like... Thank you, because that is a huge step. And I always acknowledge that because it takes a lot of guts to raise your hand and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. right, And really put yourself out there. And then when you have a coach, again, that's not to say that it's not going to be cold and hard and lonely and whatever. You're still going to have those emotions. But at least you have someone in your back pocket saying, hey, you can do this. And a lot of people think that that's supposed to be their spouse or that's supposed to be their friend that's not necessarily their role especially in business right it's i don't think that you can separate them right your life is one it's business is personal personal is business however when you have that coach that can just say i know this and i know what you're going through i've been there and here's what i did here's how we're going to get through this together right and it's just that camaraderie that you don't you don't experience, yeah, it's great for the shortcuts and the, you know, then the exhilaration comes. But in those moments where everyone, you know, I'm not a catch all for everybody. And I'm also not going to lie and say that anyone who works with me, it's like, yeah. And I'm sure you would agree with this, that it's not always going to be this exhilarating experience. It's going to be hard and it's going to be tough. And you're going to have these moments where you want to give up and you want to go out of the water and whatever, but When you know that someone else has been there and you know someone else is there with you, it's a completely different experience and it actually can make it a lot more fun. So, I am a big fan of coaches. I have them myself. You know, I am one, you are one. So, I'm what's interesting
0: is, well, I'd like to get your perspective on why you think because you may know the psychology behind this, you may not, or through your experience of speaking to loads of people, but do you know when you find those people that you know are a perfect fit for what you do like they're perfect because you've had loads of them before exactly the same you know if they just came into this business it's going to be great for me it's going to be great for them easy and they're giving you all the green lights of saying yeah this is perfect exactly what i'm looking for and then i know your process you you don't get commitment straight away do you? you say to people listen go away think about it talk to your spouse whatever you need to do come back at your own pace why do you think it is that some of those people that are just a perfect fit and they say they're a perfect fit and you can see it in their eyes that they're a perfect fit and they say it and then they leave and they never take action?
1: Yeah, because that's it, it's the easy way to do it, right? And and they're getting it's almost like that you get caught up in this moment, right? Somebody's speaking complete truth and honesty and they see you, right? So you're it's almost like you're naked, right? And they like see you standing there and you're naked and, but they accept you anyway. Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> doesn't sound very professional, but you know, that's my life. So you know, they see you and there's this glimmer or this glimpse of like, oh my gosh, someone really sees me and understands me and I'm on board. And then you start to see yourself through their eyes, right? If I'm talking to my clients, a lot of it, I focus so much in the beginning on the demographics, right? How old they were, where they lived, what they did, how they identified. And then I really realized that what i wasn't paying attention to and this has helped me so much more in my business is actually to focus on the psychographics. So what do they value? What kind of lifestyle are they after? How do they think? What do they what do their actions dictate? How do, you know, from that perspective, it's helped me identify who that right person is. And so for that moment when you're in that conversation and you're like, "Wow, someone really gets me. They hear me, they see me, and they feel accepted." And then you go home, right? Then the door shuts, you put your clothes back on, and then you go out into the real world and your change makes other people uncomfortable. So if you go home to your spouse or to your friends or you know you go to the pub and have a couple beers and you're like, hey, I think I'm going to sign up with this coach. Oh, how much is it? Oh, my God. Because that, that change, they if you change, what their expectation is, is that you're going to require them to change. And so a lot of times they actually don't want to change and that's okay. And you can love them where they are, but it's that conversation that comes up that makes other people uncomfortable and you find out who your friends are and all of that. But it's also maybe your friends just aren't up for that and that's okay. But that's why a lot of these people want to get you in the moment, 24 hours, you know, sign here, three easy payments of 997. If you get it in the next 14 minutes, because they're, you know, that scarcity is a selling tactic. But I do see it from the other side where, you know, I give my people 24 to 48 hours. As you said, I'm like, go away. I would not even take your credit card if you threw it at me. So go talk to who you need to talk to. But here's what I need you to remember. And then we talk about here's what here's where you are. Here's how we're going to get there. And this is I can paint this picture for you of what we can do together. And so that's up to that, like, Ultimately, it's on them. And so if they can understand and they can take that vision and they can remember and almost bottle the feeling of how they felt when they were really seen, they're always going to say yes. And I want the people that have asked everybody and decided to go for it anyway, decided to make a commitment. The commitment to themselves is stronger than the expectation or perception of other people's opinions on mm, them.
0: I wasn't expecting it's that so answer much and it actually opened my mind to what you said about them going away, like being a perfect fit, but then the other people in their life are stunting their growth because it would affect their growth as well. Or it would kind of like, like you said, if, if that person changed, then the other people in their life would feel like they have to change. And so they don't want to change. And so they'll stop that person from changing.
1: Totally. And it's not a, you know, it's not from a bad perspective, it's just it threatens the on the truth that they know up into that point. So even if this person finally sees like sees the the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, oh my God, I have to get there. But then they go away and these people are their friends unknowingly are like, well, if you change, then well crap, then do I have to spend, you know, five thousand dollars or whatever it is on a coach myself? Oh God. And so just them being a wet blanket is because it's their own insecurity. It's their own doubt in themselves that takes over and tries to squash everybody else yeah. which you know energy vampires or whatever you want to call them but but it's not necessarily from a bad part like it's not it's not always negative it's just they're scared of change everyone is scared of change uncomfortable with the unknown and so we don't realize it's happening but it happens really easily and it's easy for you to step back into your life when everything was okay and then i've had clients before that said no and then 3 months later i just followed up in 90 days i was like okay great like you know how's life how's everything going how did every did you implement the things that we talked about just on that first call and they're like i'm back where i started and that phrase might be the most frustrating that i ever hear and i know it because i've felt it many times i'm like i am either further behind than i expected i'm not as far i'm not as far along as i started or as i thought i would be or I'm exactly back where mm-hmm. I started and it feels terrible. So and then they end up either joining you if they're ready, um, but they're not going to hear what you have to say until they're ready to oh, that, hear it.
0: That's a really kind of insightful insightful way to look at the whole process because we're not just trying to help one person. other people are going to be affected in that process. Sometimes we just think it's that one person but it kind of has a ripple effect. And so it is affecting other people. And so they come into the decision-making process. We can't always control that good or bad. And so that's really, really interesting. So as we kind of wrap things up, I want to ask you one kind of defining question, which I'm going to really ask at the end of all my podcasts now, because it's about coaching and improving as coaches. And I would love to get kind of your philosophy or approach or what you think makes a good coach. Maybe they're your values, the way that you coach and the way that you get results. But I'd love to hear kind of your take on coaching and how to do it to the best of your ability.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I love that you're going to ask everybody and I'm curious to see all the responses that come through. For me, what makes me a good coach is that I lead by example. And so I'm constantly... Bettering myself. I'm constantly challenging myself and challenging my beliefs and my goals and why I want the things that I want and what that actually means. So I am in constant questioning of my motives and where I'm going and, you know, where I am at the moment. So just a commitment to growth and leading by example. I think that is the ultimate pinnacle of a great person, a great human, but especially a great coach is someone who's willing to go through it themselves in a coaching relationship. You can only go as deep with your clients as you've gone with yourself. So making sure that that commitment to you and commitment to your growth and to your development is, is, unwavering is so rock solid because the strength of your business is determined by the strength of your personal foundation. So if you're not leading by example in that way, you're never going to be able to get those experiences for other people. And then the only other thing I would say is that Something that's radically shifted my business has been aligning my actions with my habits as opposed to my goals. So I bra- I say what my goals are, and I kind of paint that picture for myself, and and really get into that. You know, from a manifesting standpoint, it's like really a five sense five senses experience where I know if i'm in let's just use a dream house for example i know what my house smells like i know i what i hear i can feel it you know so it's real it becomes really real for me and so what do i need to actually do who do i need to be to have that happen i break that down into habits into daily weekly monthly habits and focus on consistency of habits as opposed to the achievement of the goal and once i've done that or since I've done that, it has just—I mean—exploded my business, exploded my life from a relationship, connection, learning, um, adventure. My my highest values. It has just exploded everything, and it is so exciting. And also to to live according to your values, figure out what that is, have crystal clear clarity. That is so important in terms of you know from a manifesting standpoint, and also from a Goals and habits and breaking that down. So, that I think is what makes an exceptional co- coach and also someone who really cares about people, right? Just stop looking at the money, you know, your bank account. I know that's so hard to do sometimes when you're not in a place to just kind of let it go, but just trusting that it's you build a business one person after one person after one person, not a dollar after a dollar after a dollar. Focus on the person, not the dollar, not the strategy, whatever get in a position to serve and be willing to do everything in your power to make sure that they get what they want. They're buying the results. What what you give them is all the other things under the surface, which is the confidence, the you know connection, all of the belief in themselves. But what you're actually selling is the result. So put yourself in a place where you can get those results wow. for that person, incredible whatever response. it takes. I think you
0: just put like a stake in the ground and just claimed that response. <laughs> and just an amazing answer that <laughs> hopefully no one will be able to beat. That was incredible. I absolutely loved it. I really hope all the listeners enjoyed that because we went to some really interesting places, even kind of deeper than the last one, which I didn't think was possible because we covered some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was an amazing show. I really enjoyed recording it with you. Where can people find more about you, your work, your coaching and where do you hang out?
1: So you can find me, I'm very accessible and I like to be that way. So I'm on social media, Instagram, as you know, I'm on Instagram every day for sure. So Instagram.com forward slash Phoebe Morochek. And that will be spelled somewhere. I'm sure because my last name is a little bit difficult. Perfect. Um, And then just my normal website. So Phoebe Morochek.com. And if you obviously you're listening to this, you like podcasts, you like listening, um, to different people and interviews and shows. And my show is called Unbecoming. So you can search for that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and you can just go to unbecomingpodcast.com. I'll
0: ask you before you go, that Stitcher, is that an American thing?
1: Um, oh, maybe, I I don't know. Maybe not. It's just, I know it's for Androids. So people that, yeah. Have you got an iPhone iPhone or an Android?
0: Of course you do.
1: I have an so iPhone. I have an Apple Macs, addict.
0: <laughs> AirPods, phones, the lot It's the best. If you're an Android, you're weird. <laughs> now yeah. I don't discriminate on this show. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much for recording this with us. I really appreciate it. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll catch up soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And for recording this again, I'm really grateful and just so excited for what you're creating in the world with coaches. And, you know, you're a great example of leading by example. so So thank you for doing that.
0: Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you did, head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you wanted to learn more about our products and services, head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business, head over to our partner company, Savectamedia.com. That's all from me. See you soon.